jobs. Hi, this is Julie. This is Liz. This is Sheila. This is Monica. This is Leanne. We are the Satellite Sisters. You are listening to Satellite Sisters to Go. the Satellite Sisters tackling the world one cup of coffee at a time or on a hot August day like today. I guess that would be iced coffee, sisters. I'm Liz Dolan. I'm in Santa Monica. Even in Santa Monica, it's a little on the toasty side, which doesn't happen. But Leanne Dolan, you're in Pasadena, California. I understand you're, you're in the triple digits out there, correct? Yes, we are clocking in around 104 right now, Liz, which is why Colin and I just sat in our air-conditioned home and watched a Vin Diesel movie on Netflix. (laughs) (laughs) I didn't even even want to drive to the mall. It was fantastic. That Vin Diesel can really act. Okay, but we both know it would be hard to beat whatever Julie's temperature situation is because, Julie Dolan, you're back in Dallas, Texas. You poor people down there. I mean, here's the thing. My new approach is just never, ever to mention the weather again. That's the only yeah. way to survive mm-hmm. because for the next 10 days, it's going to be between 102 and 108. So there you have it. So okay. what we really need, in fact, you know what people in, in Dallas are saying? Everyone need saying, a hurricane? We need a hurricane. That's what people uh, want. Oh, really? I was A nice little hurricane to come into the Gulf Coast so that it will knock this you know, weather system that has been plaguing the Texas area for the last three months. It will knock it out. That's the that's our only hope is a hurricane. That's how bad it is here. Yeah. Well, yeah, we'll get the, Jim Cantori of the Weather Channel on it. I'm sure he can can dig up a hurricane. Is he the one you. that wears the super tight black shirt? Yes. Man? Yes. yes. He's very, and the super tight pants. Yes. I mean, <laughs> he. He's, I don't yeah, even know why he, he should just be out in a speedo, right? I mean, why does he even bother with the clothes? I know. I mean, the tight shirt, we've come to accept it from AC and, you know, yeah, right. uh, from the weather guy on Good Morning America. We and Sam Champion, we understand it. But the pants doesn't even... <laughs> He's it's he's getting a lot too. of airtime. Based on your Facebook post yesterday about how good Brian Williams looked on the nightly news, yeah. I, I turned that on, and they were going back and forth between Brian and Jim. So yeah, yeah. So a, yeah, a, well, a Brian, lot of I saw Brian on the Weather Channel, slumming it on the Weather Channel. But um, so it was. And I think they're owned by the same company, right? Yes, they are. NBC owns That's, the Weather Channel. That That's works. how it works. That's how it works. Well, a Hurricane. Who's heard anything? I I was well, watching a Vin Diesel. I am raising I'm raising my hand over here, Leon, because I checked in with my son, Will, who lives in Brooklyn, just to see what his hurricane preparations are. Mm -hmm. Now, first of all, he lives in Brooklyn right next to the Gowanus Canal, which I just now have located. It is his apartment is 50 feet from the evacuation zone. (laughs) Oh, wow. So he I mean, they so now. But here's the thing about Will is that he's born and bred in New Orleans. Okay, exactly. so he has right. been through, we lived in New Orleans for the first 10 years of his life. He has been through hurricane preparation at our house many of times. So he knows what to do. So he has taken all of his personal effects, okay, 
you know, his his fiance, you know, Lauren is there too, and they have. Right, you can say it, Julie. They live together. You can. They live it. together. Just don't. <laughs> let, I think Mom knows this, but I really was trying to finesse this until next month when they're married. But they live together. In, okay. What okay. floor are they on? Just for so I can picture it. First floor. Liz. Oh, first, first floor. Oh, that's not good. So, so okay. they have they have some issues there. They have to be concerned. They are tracking the storm. But this is it's about one month until their wedding. And Lauren has a lot of do-it-yourself projects for the wedding that are in the apartment. apartment. Oh, so they've oh, been, for the last day and a half, they've been bagging up all of the do-it-yourself projects for the wedding. And they are taking those to higher grounds. Will also said that he um, headed out, I mean, again, well in advance of the storm. So he started Wednesday with his preparations, stocking up on food, water. He went to Best Buy yesterday in Brooklyn, and he said he bought the last flashlight and the last radio-operated, uh, uh, battery-operated radio so that he could stay in touch. But what he didn't understand at the Best Buy in Brooklyn was there was a very long line at the checkout, and people were buying big-screen HD TVs. Okay, no. <laughs> now, the day before a hurricane hits New York City, why, why are you buying, this was his question, why are you buying a big screen TV. Did he get an answer? No, is it because they love Jim Cantore on the Weather Channel and wanted to see Jim Cantore as big as possible? I guess, I mean, just wants to be, they want to be able to track the storm. I don't know, but it seems like an odd choice the day before. This, by now, the mayor of New York, as you know, has, you know, called for mandatory evacuations. You know, they've, they've shut down the whole subway system, trans, mass transit system in New York. And these people are out there buying big screen TVs. I just, you know, so he wasn't sure what that. <laughs> well, okay. Here's one theory that just popped into my head. Maybe it's really the cardboard boxes that they want. Because, you know, in off, often in the post-hurricane uh, apocalyptic photos, you see people kind of floating in those big boxes. Maybe that's part of what they're thinking. <laughs> okay, Liz. I guess that's an only in New York thing. Would they, like, throw away the big screen TV but keep... <laughs> Keep the cardboard box for their safety. Well, I do but, want another person we have on the scene in New York City is, of course, our webmaster, Sarah Sweeney. And part of the reason we're recording this show on Saturday this weekend instead of on Sunday is because we're concerned that by tomorrow she will have no power in her home. She barely has an Internet connection on a good day. Uh, so, um, so we're trying to get her the show today so she can get it posted tonight before everything rolls in. But on her Facebook status, you know, you can like the Satellite Sisters online, so you should do that. And you can also like Sarah Sweeney if you want to be directly in touch with our webmaster. Here was her status update last night. It said, batteries, check. Candles, check. Bathtub full of water and canned goods, check and check. Raspberry, raspberry yogurt covered pretzels and a year's supply of Coke Zero. Checkity check. <laughs> Do your worst, Irene. <laughs> so she's got the yogurt covered pretzels. She is good to go. We don't need to worry about Sarah. And she is on an upper floor on the Upper West Side. So that Gowanus Canal is way I mean, lower. I mean, the Gowanus Canal. That's sea level, yeah. That is sea level. It is a super fun cleanup site. So if it overflows, it's not going to be good water. Um, that's for sure. <laughs> That is it's for not, sure. It's not going to be enjoyable swimming. No. Overflow. It, 
It really and truly. <laughs> That's it, what you need the cardboard boxes for. I'm telling you. <laughs> well, you know, I mean, that's, they're pretty prepared. So the only thing, of course, motherly advice, you know, we went over, you know, do you have all your important papers? They have, they've moved their furniture. He said he remembers from when he was a kid, how we used to take all the rugs up and we'd put everything up on top of, you know, things. So if there was flooding, it wouldn't ruin your furniture. They've moved their clothes. Um, they have decided to stay there. They thought about going to higher ground, uh, to go to to a friend's apartment. But, you know, honestly, they were a little worried about looting, about just protecting their stuff if, in fact, um, there, you know, there is terrible flooding or something. So they oh, think- I got to say, I mean, they're very sweet, Will and Lauren. It's hard to imagine them fighting off a crowd. <laughs> I, I know. <laughs> when the looters show up, they should run. I mean, really. Oh, no, the art history majors. We don't want to loot this house. <laughs> Well, I, I, that's that's their plan. It's their home, Leon. It is they're, their home. They're, they are going to protect. They are protecting it. So I think that is good. I did provide, try to provide some motherly advice. I was like, what what else in my hurricane background? You know, what what else did we do? And I said, well, what about sandbags? Why don't you get some sandbags? And then there was this long silence on the phone. He's like, Mom, I live in New York City. I don't have a car. How how am I supposed to get sandbags? Am I supposed to like get a cup of sand down the end of the street? I mean, he went a little cynical on me. Okay, so well, that, that's correct. That, those I mean, things are hard to procure in New York. That requires the trunk of a car. Yes, I mean it's not. He can't go to Home Depot and just get you know and get yeah. sandbags. Where in other communities, well, you could, but it's a lot of trips to Home Depot because <laughs> you can only carry one in each hand. That would be. That would be a lot. Now that they've shut down the subways and the buses, you're really out of luck on that. That's uh, that. I mean, so maybe a, just a giant cardboard box. That could be his extra. But he has everything. They have plastic sheeting. They have duct tape. I mean, they are good to go. They are trying to protect the do-it-yourself projects for the wedding. I think it's the wedding centerpieces for the reception. Oh, okay, That's so we don't want those floating down the Gowanus Canal because I think yeah. Lauren is, she is, you know, she is making her own um, containers to put um, to put the flowers in at the reception. Oh, she's such a nice girl. Oh, I, I hope it turns so out nice. well for them over the next forty-eight yeah. hours. So, but, but that is, so if they've survived, the good news is that in a month's time, we're all going to be gathering in New Orleans for their wedding. Yes, it's going to be a destination wedding. Will and Lauren are getting married at the first weekend in October in New Orleans, well after hurricane season. So I think that will be good. That will be good. And so last weekend, which just happened to coincide with my husband, our, our anniversary, 33rd, 33 years. I can't even say that. 33 years. Are you kidding? That's how many years you've been married? Wow. Yeah. How about that? Good for you. All right. That's I quite remember a- that wedding. You remember? Yeah. You were, <laughs> you were a bridesmaid. Yes. So you, Leanne. Little Leanne. You were one, too. I know. So I, know. I was first, so, so we, were, we were in New Orleans. Uh, just we had to do the tasting menu that you do now for the rehearsal dinner because, because it's a, a destination wedding that everyone is coming in from out of town We've invited everyone to the rehearsal dinner. And so we just wanted to make sure 
that, you know, that everything was going to be up to snuff in terms of tasting. And so that was, I'd never done anything like that. Or maybe I did it for our wedding I did 33 years ago, but I have no memory of that. What's, and I'm what's, sure mom made all the choices anyway. So were you, were you tasting different choices? Was that yes, the way so that what, what we're going to have for past hors d'oeuvres, what we're going to have for the soup course, what we're going to have for salad course, main course and dessert, Liz. Yeah, all of the things. Yeah, they, we Yum. could. That yes, sounds really it, fun, and it was just you and your husband eating. Oh all this no, no, I, I, it was, it was Trem and I, and then it was a couple, the sales representatives from, um, from the Royal Sinesta, oh, where we're, okay, yeah, where we're doing it. <laughs> but I also brought in a ringer. We have a friend from New Orleans, um, Bruce, who um, assisted with uh, the food test, uh, tasting. I mean, I haven't lived in New Orleans for a while, so I just wanted to make sure because we're going to be serving a lot of typical New Orleans fare yeah. that it was really oh, up good. to. So that was so I brought in a real expert, um, someone who loves to eat, loves as going to loves to you know dine out, and is so happy that we're having a wedding in New Orleans because he's a lifelong resident of New Orleans and he thinks it's good for the city. That he was he was happy to help out. So it was three hours of eating. So how about that? That was <laughs> was pretty fun. That sounds fun. Yeah. So I think you're going to enjoy it. But now, now sisters, I'm just telling you, um, this is you know the. The uh, RSVPs have started to come in for the rehearsal dinner, which is very nice, and that's exciting to see who's coming. Uh, we are going to have assigned seating at the rehearsal dinner and, I believe, at the wedding reception. So I, I believe I have some influence about where you will be sitting for these two meals. And um, it may behoove you to... Uh, I don't know, to do something nice for your big sister, if you have some special request for who you'd like to sit next to or who you'd like to avoid at the wedding. Uh, I think both can be accomplished. So, um, do, you have, um, do you have guests that you think will require a buffer guest next buffer, to them? Well, any, any problem guests where you're actually secretly hoping that one of us will volunteer to no, no, I don't sit really next think, to and manage a problem guest? No, no, I don't think we have any problem guests. I see, I see you sisters as more ambassadors um, to really helping uh, to... <laughs> <laughs> to spread good cheer and goodwill, uh, both on our side of the family and on um, the on, on Lauren's side of the family. So, particularly at well, the rehearsal dinner. Well, my husband dinner. and I are, particularly at the rehearsal dinner, that's where you need um, the most ambassadoring. Yes, because this is the first major event. And this is when all the two families gather and Leanne, after doing extensive research on rehearsal dinners, as you know, I have now done. Uh, yes. You can't you can't just have a rehearsal dinner. You have to read eight million rehearsal dinner blogs. And so really, really sort of internalize rehearsal dinner world. Um, it's in many cases, they suggest that you mix up the seating, that you put some of the bride's family with the groom's family, you know, as just as a as an icebreaker, as so as a way to, you know, um, increase the spirit of the of the of the weekend sure sure well i i will volunteer barrick and i you know my husband and i we are very often the sacrificial lambs at weddings (laughs) to sit with the aunt and uncle nobody wants to sit with we just like to be told ahead of time so uh it doesn't sound like you have any problem guests so we are more than happy to uh to mingle you can place us wherever you'd like for the rehearsal dinner for the wedding we would request a fun table but uh if we need to sit with the old people we can okay <laughs> okay i'm not sitting with the old people <laughs> i know because i'm transporting the old people i okay you know, so- <laughs> because i'm the transpo team for mom and dad so i will be sitting with them 
uh, both ways on an airliner and all of the transitional uh, transportation that needs to happen with that. I know that you will honor me by putting me at a fun table at the actual social event. <laughs> yes, I, okay, so so coming up, let me just write this down. Two fun tables for the for the reception. Leon, uh, as I can say, I'm sure you're going to love Lauren's family. I have met many yes. of them. I think they are fun. I fun, fun. more than would love to sit with Lauren's yes, family. That's what so I, sign that's, me, I sign me up like. for that. Me too. I'm totally up for that. Yes. I've, I've, yeah, I'll I'll really sit anywhere. That's fine. Yes, other than with the old people. Other okay. Than, yeah. Well, I figure you're putting the grandparents in a place of honor anyway, which would not right. include me. So right. you know, right. don't don't <laughs> yeah, you have to sit and, with mom and dad. <laughs> No, I mean, I think, yes, I understand. I mean, I mean that again in the nicest possible way. In the nicest possible way. Yes, absolutely, Liz. Yes, yes. Well, perhaps clergy. We can put the old people and the clergy together. That's a nice nice choice. Well, you know, I did appreciate the invitation, Will and Lauren's wedding invitation, the RSVP card on that. Not only did you say whether you were coming or not and provide your name, but they asked you, they said... There was a question on the RSVP card. What would it take to get you up on the dance floor? Correct? Is that what it said? Yes. And there were two empty spaces there that you could put two answers in. And I wasn't exactly sure where to go with that, like what they were looking for. I thought maybe they were looking for a list of favorite songs, but I wasn't sure. It was very open-ended. So on number one, I just wrote in, what would get me up on a dance floor? A tall, dark, handsome, single stranger was my first choice. (laughs) And so if you're doing seating, I think that same rule would apply, actually. Okay. All right. So okay. If there are, I'm assuming at the wedding, they won't be real strangers, you know, but like. Because by then you will have been bonded because you will have attended the rehearsal dinner. So you'll yes, be. As an ambassador. Yes. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> It's a lot of pressure. Uh, uh, Julie, I actually have a question for you. um, Okay. Regarding the dress, regarding your dress for the wedding. I believe you said it's like a charcoal gray, like a silver charcoal gray. It's cream. It's cream with gray and silver flower pattern on it. Oh, okay. So charcoal gray. Is charcoal still available? Is charcoal gray available? Yes. As a a color (laughs) palette, you can just go right. That We will not be in the same outfit. Go right ahead, Liam. Okay. All right. I call it. Liz, okay, I, see, people, I, call, I okay. think a lot of people don't realize this, but this is a very typical conversation for us <laughs> at family events is sort of staking out your color palette, right? That So we don't all come dressed alike because yeah. we had to do that for the first 18 years of our lives. Yes. So, you know, you are, you, we, we will look very nice in pictures together, Liam, if, uh, if, you, or if you're in a gray and, uh, and I'm in this cream and gray. Well, but, I'm okay. taking mom dress shopping again tomorrow. She wants okay. to go oh. tomorrow afternoon. So Okay. Uh, All right. I'm sure you've already filled her in on your palette, Julie, but it's good yes, for I me have. to know I, because yes. mom will actually be in some of the official pictures, too. Uh, okay. All right, Jill, I have a question for you, though. Have you seen that show on TLC, Four Weddings? Have you oh, seen yes, that show? Lane. Yes, Lane. Of course I have. Because, uh, okay. first of all, I enjoy TLC. I love Say Yes to the Dress. And it usually comes on, Four Weddings comes on after eight episodes of Say Yes to the Dress. 
All right, Liz, here's the premise of the show. It starts so benignly that you think, well, this will be an enjoyable hour of television because it's four young women who don't know each other. You get to go, you as the viewer, get to go to each of their very different weddings. And then what you come to find out is they're actually competing for a luxury honeymoon. So you have four brides. Uh, at you go to each wedding, and then the three brides who are not getting married that particular day attend the wedding and then rate the wedding list. They rate it on experience, on food. They rate the dress, and, and the there's ceremony. some other ceremony. ceremony. Well, that and does so, not sound like the spirit of a. Okay, all right. I can see why it makes good reality TV, but it's well, not you know very what? nice. The thing is, as the viewer, it's so enjoyable to go to their weddings. Why do we need the contest? You know, I, I feel so bad for these brides. Like, I just saw they had four lovely weddings. One was, uh, they all have themes, so you'll love this one. Napa meets Jersey. I mean, say no more. That looked like a good one. Backyard Carnival was one. One woman was a chef, so she insisted on making the food for all 200 guests. She really thought she was going to win. And then the last one was, oh, it was like Yacht Club Wedding. It did not look like a good wedding, frankly. But, you know, they're all so nice. They go to each other's weddings, and then they rate it, and then you find out at the end who gets the luxury honeymoon. And it was a shocker, and the one I watched, that Backyard Carnival beat the chef who had cooked for 200 people who really felt – who had spent – 40 grand on her wedding and really felt like she deserved to win as opposed to backyard carnival with the ice cream truck who spent 15,000. Yeah, <laughs> it's it, a shocker. It, it, the thing is, I agree with you, Leon. I, I thought I was going to like the show, but the, the underlying premise of it is the wedding is really not about being happy for the happy couple. It's about right. how much do you like the cocktail hour and how much do you like the bride's dress and how much do you like the entertainment? So it's sort of, it, it you know it isn't really what the spirit of a wedding is supposed to be about like getting together with your family and friends and celebrating this great moment in someone's life it it sort of commercializes all the elements of a wedding and then they have some like wacky scoring system that even though i've seen the show even though i don't like the show i continue to watch it Lee. um and i've seen i've seen multiple multiple episodes of it i still don't understand the scoring system they say they have some like, weighted average or some way so you can't like you know you can't like uh, uh knock down the other bride's scores to the so that you can win they've figured it out but and they keep explaining it every time and i still am like huh what but it's just it it really it makes me very sad and quite frankly it made me a little nervous i thought Ooh, is this what people are thinking when they come to like the rehearsal dinner? Like, ooh, I hated that appetizer, or boy, ooh, they didn't have a signature drink, or I know it is the thing. <laughs> the things are ridiculous, right? It does, it does, like create this illusion that a wedding is a checklist, and then here you have these four happy newlyweds, yes. and the three losers really get depressed that their wedding stunk. Yes. Like, yeah. And they were all perfectly fine weddings, except the right. one girl who had the bad country club food at the Yacht Club. That was bad food. But maybe um, it's fine for her. That's what she She wanted. had a fantastic time. She okay. really thought she was going to win. Everyone was on the dance floor. So isn't that a measure of a great wedding or does it matter? I, I, you, should, just, you shouldn't be rating weddings. Right. I mean, I just, I mean, you are a guest at a, at a wedding. Right. Plus, but, if you're a stranger to the family, you can't really 
rate how much fun people are having? And is this yeah, a great event you know for this they're going to be at loser table. You know they put them at the loser table. You know that. <laughs> well, that you know, and and then you think like throughout the whole hour, Liz, you think, oh, these girls are really getting along. They just met. They're going to be friends for life. And then someone wins, and you're like, okay, they're not going to be friends for life now. Because then you see the commentary like. Her food was terrible. Yes. I thought her dress was mm, average. Every bride looks beautiful. Have you ever seen an ugly bride? No. No, no. They're all all a 10. They're all 10s. So uh, I just, I'm going to boycott that show uh, because I think it's bad for womankind. It's like feeling bad after you've given birth to a healthy baby because maybe you took an epidural. You know, I mean, we just need to be competitive. It is is kind of like an inside baseball look at at weddings. You know, it's so, it's about the mechanics of it rather than about you know what it means so and i didn't realize that weddings had to have a theme over and above the wedding theme <laughs> i thought that, i thought that was the theme of the oh, no, you, julie well, does does will yes. do, do will and lauren have a theme no they yeah. don't have a theme but they are they are having a wedding in new orleans right. and there are many i can tell Again, if they don't get washed away in the hurricane, that there are going to be many personal elements to the wedding and the wedding reception um, based on their both of their sense of family and faith and all of these things. So I would say that's it. And that they chose to have it in New Orleans because they thought, A, it was personally meaningful to them, but they thought it would be great fun for their friends and family. So well, I'm going to give them all tens in every category, Jewel. I'm I know. Just it's just, it's a terrible just, thing to think that it is. people are like rating your wedding. You are a guest at this event. You should be honored. You should be pleased, you know, and, and. Okay. I'll sit with the old people. Is this, <laughs> this is enough? Fine. <laughs> no, no. You two get fun tables. Okay. Monica and Sheila, they're not on the air. Okay. Who knows where, you know, who knows where they're, I'm going to place them. Okay. All right, you guys, I, I want to switch topics here because, um, I have had the opportunity recently, uh, because of some work projects I'm doing at Mudbath Productions, um, to review our fabulous book, Satellite Sisters, Uncommon Senses. Do you remember this? Yes. <laughs> yeah. I you haven't know, really cracked it open in a while, but it was it was fun. It was a fun it's, book it was to a write fun, together. It was a fun book to read. Yes, and it's it's the tenth anniversary of the publication. Oh, that's Isn't that hard kidding? to believe? Wow, that's amazing. You're right. Yeah. Yes. Yep. November two thousand one was when Satellite Sisters Uncommon Senses came out, and it's a collection of essays and other funny bits about growing up in a large family. And it is still available on Amazon. People, you can go find it. And um, you know what? All I can say is there's some funny stuff in here. I have to say, I was rereading one of Julie's essays about Uh-oh. Liz being on the game show Concentration. That yes. really made me laugh. <laughs> oh, really? I'll, I guess I'll have to reread that. I don't recall really that enjoying piece at it. all. So I, don't I, you remember when you were on the game show Concentration? I mean, I remember that. I just don't remember that piece from the book. It's yeah. very funny. And it has like a bigger life lesson. Well done, Julie. That's all I have to say. Um, but there are a couple of things. We we outlined five uncommon senses, things we learned growing up in a big family, a sense of connection, a sense of self, a sense of humor, a sense of adventure, and a sense of direction. And in the sense of adventure category, there were a couple of funny things that I wanted to review with you guys. First of all, we did, um, we just listed the ruts 
that we get into. Okay, the ruts that we get into. And then on another uh, section, we did, we completed the sentence for no amount of money, would we? Okay, so let's just review our ruts. Okay. And uh, I wanted to see 10 years later, if you still had these same ruts, have we made any personal progress in a decade is basically what I'm asking. Oh, this is going to be surprising. I have no idea what our ruts were. Okay, you know, for instance... Um, so, you know, Monica's not here, so we'll just list her rats. She, she won't go out on a work night or the night before a trip. <laughs> okay. okay. Uh, still read it there. Okay. okay. Never manages to wash all the dishes in the sink. Still, still around. She's still in that rut. Yeah. She was talking about the dirty dishes in her sink the yeah. other. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And then home vegetable consumption limited to spinach and broccoli. I don't, <laughs> I don't know how she's doing on that rut. All right. But Julie, let's take you, let's your rats. Okay, you stated that you had tuna fish sandwiches every day for lunch for 20 years, literally every day. Are you still eating tuna fish sandwiches? No, thanks to Weight Watchers, Leanne, I broke that rut. Now I eat a turkey sandwich with mustard every single day for probably for the next 20 years. But I'm no longer (laughs) eating tuna sandwiches. (laughs) So I've broken it. All right, bravo. That's So you've traded one rut for another, but you get some points for it. It's a healthier rut? Yes, it's a low-fat rut. There you go. Okay, uh, how, your next rut was owns many pairs of earrings, wears the same pair every day. I lost the pair of earrings <laughs> that, I, that I had, that I wore every day. So I've had to branch out and wear other earrings. Um, so again, <laughs> wow. I, don't, I don't think it's a personal gain. It was just, it was just. It was forced on you. Forced on me, yeah. All right, how about this one? Oh, I think this is still true. Has essentially the same haircut since high school. Yeah, that's it. You're going to be seeing the same haircut I had in high school. Yep, that's what I'm going to be sporting at the wedding. Yeah. Okay, you know what? It's a good cut, though. Don't worry about it. I think it's perfectly fine. You find something that works for you, stick with it. That's not a rut. That's a... um, Liz, it is. Because it's the first thing. Like, you've seen all those makeover shows. That's the first thing they do is cut the people's hair. You know that. Yeah. They cut dye the hair, right? So. Okay. okay. All right. Liz, I'm just perusing your ruts. I believe you're still in all of them. But, <laughs> you know, you've now defined your position on rut. You've just, it's a design choice. All right. Yes. Uh, black pants and black shoes for the last decade. Correct. That would be correct. And I was, that's so funny. Just yesterday, I was uh, in a department store looking for a new pair of black pants. I realized, <laughs> you know how. And, and not that I only have one, but you just, and it's like the stretchy black pants, you know, they, yeah. so they get, uh, they start to look a little bit less black after a while, you know, and yes. uh, so my black pants aren't black enough. So I was shopping for some new black pants yesterday. So I just believe in that as a, it's a simplification strategy. Okay. Liz, do you still believe in this fashion look you describe as a rat? Long over short, big over small. <laughs> You know, yes. I th- I, a little bit, yes, but I think I have busted out of that slightly. I wear a lot more fitted clothes than I used yes. to. Especially, you wear more dresses, Liz. Yes, I wear more dresses than I used to. I think particularly my work wardrobe has branched out dramatically from that. I, I would agree. All right, how about this balsamic vinegar as the condiment of oh. choice? Oh. Yes, as a matter of fact, right before we went on the air today, I cooked up just a little bit of brown rice and poured some balsamic vinegar on it and that was my afternoon snack <laughs> but Liz I thought you were supposed to give up your balsamic let me let, 
Yes, that's true. And I largely have, Julie. So today was one of the first days I've backslid into balsamic for at least, <laughs> uh, really, at least a month. I've stayed off the stuff, but I was just, I couldn't stop myself today. Hmm. All right. Okay. How about this one, Liz? Uh, it claims 10 years ago you rediscovered Fresca in midlife and you're rehooked. You know, that's funny because then that was true <laughs> 10 years ago. And I think I went through like a two year Fresca, Fresca spree. And then I moved away from it again. And only recently have I re rediscovered Fresca. <laughs> I even tried testing some of their new flavors the like peach one, the black cherry one. I rejected the new frescas and went back to the old frescas. And yes, that is true. I am back in a fresca rut. But I went, I was fresca free for about six years in between. So that's okay. not really a rut. Right. <laughs> no, so the net that's, that's a choice. Happens. Yes. Okay. Yes. <laughs> Thank yeah. you. And, and how about you, Leon? What okay. were your ruts? All right. Here, my ruts were cottage cheese three meals a day for months at a time. I, I have cut back on my cottage cheese consumption dramatically, I have to say. Uh, although I still usually three or four lunches a week will have cottage cheese and salsa. Uh, too much. See, that's too- your version of brown rice and balsamic. It's just yes. it's comfort food. Yes. I know. Okay. Oh, I just took my glasses off. I can't see the page. Okay. Um, too much coffee. I continue to drink too much coffee. Yes, yes. I do. Okay. Um, sweat pa- sweatpants that go on in the morning and sometimes stay on until bedtime. Well, I have to say I did break out of that rut when I had to leave the house to go do that radio show. Mm-hmm. But now that I barely have to leave the house, they're not sweatpants. They're yoga pants, but it's the same deal. <laughs> right. <laughs> okay. Romance novels. I read them. I'm not proud. Uh, just easily amused during times of great stress. I wrote 10 years ago. I would write the same thing today. And then number five is ponytails, which I actually have gotten away from the ponytail because my hair is a little bit shorter. So, um, uh-huh. But I still rely heavily on headbands. So that's still right. <laughs> well, it's, okay. so it seems like there's been a little personal growth among all of us. Yes. Yeah. I think that's fair to say, yeah. Yeah. Or if we've chosen to go back to those things, it's because we like them, not because we can't think of anything else to do. All right. Good for us. Now, how about this? Okay. For no amount of money, would we? All right. It's as we wrote in Uncommon Senses at the time, there's risk taking and then there's stupidity. It's important to draw your own personal line between the two. So I'm going to do Sheila and Monica's first because they're funny and they're short. Okay, Sheila, for no amount of money would she, one, live in a foreign country, two, be involved in a high-speed chase, (laughs) three, go ice fishing, four, walk on stilts or ride a unicycle, five, artificially implant anything in my body. (laughs) I I think Sheila... I don't, she hasn't, yeah, I don't know about number five. but I, I think, I think number other... five she might reconsider if she felt yeah. that it was uh, uh, cosmetically a good move. Okay, here's Monica. No, For no amount of money would she, one, work on the night shift again. Two, go on a blind date. Three, <laughs> well, that's unfortunately held still. Uh, three, scuba dive, high dive, or cliff dive. Four, Wear a bustier in public. Or five, <laughs> five, engage in any activity where she could not easily blow her nose. 
Well, the only thing I would say about that is, number one, in her current yeah. job, she does now, because she has to be on call, she does end up working in the middle of the night again. So it's not that she wanted to. It's just the nature of the job that she has now. Not a full-on night shift, but occasionally called in in the middle of the night for emergency services. Okay, Liz, now I'm going to do you the whole list. And okay. this is what you wrote 10 years ago. So think, is there anything you might have changed your position on? Okay, Liz, for no amount of money would you, one, hang from a rope or a ledge, (laughs) two, inject yourself or someone else with anything, three, pierce your tongue, four, work at an airport security checkpoint, (laughs) and five, for no amount of money would you expose your navel. All right. Okay, all five of those things are still totally true. And can I just comment on number four, how prescient that was? That that you wrote that 10 years ago. Remember, this was pre-9-11. I know. We wrote that. So pre-9-11, I knew that was headed in the wrong direction in general and for me specifically. So the fact that I have to pass through so many airport security lines, that still has not changed in my life. And as a matter of fact, on Monday... I'm actually going to LAX for an interview because I applied to that program. Julie, I think your international businessman husband. Has and that, that I am to global entry. You're going to do entry. it. Yes, I applied for global entry means you can just sort of zip through the immigration line. If you go, if you leave the country a lot, which now in my current line of work, I do. So I have to go be interviewed on um, on Monday to make sure I qualify by the State Department. Or I guess it's the Department Here's- of Homeland Security. Right. Here's some tips. You got to just remember, like where you went to elementary school. They ask a lot of de- detailed questions, so oh, you tell may. Me if you're really you. Yeah. So you may just want to review some of your basic facts, Liz. That's... Maybe I should read go back and reread the book, Liz. I think that might <laughs> help. I really, because I, as I remember when we wrote the book, you had no memory of your childhood at all. That's so correct. You may have some difficulty with some of those questions. <laughs> they start asking you the names of your teacher and things like that. Yeah. Oh my god. Okay. All right. I'll do that. Okay. Julie, here's your list. For no amount of money, would you, one, live in New York City, two, change your hair color, three, get behind the wheel of a semi, Mm -hmm. four, engage in any subsurface activity like mining or spelunking, or five, jump out of a plane. Okay. I am pretty. I can't believe you wrote live in New York City. Well, I just, I just never thought, I mean, I've, I mean, New York City would have been, would be great. I've lived in, since I rewrote the book, I've lived in two cities that probably had, were much more difficult to live in. Right. Bangkok and then Moscow. So yeah. New York would be really easy. I, I guess at the time I just never saw, saw myself as living in a big city, but now yeah. I've lived in a lot of big cities and I actually like it. So right. New York, New York, if you still exist after the hurricane. <laughs> Who okay. knows? I would encourage you not to get behind the wheel of a semi. I mean, I think <laughs> that one. And if you're going to jump out of a plane, do it after the wedding. Okay. All right. My list. Okay. For no amount of money, would I, one, perform surgery, two, eat a sea slug, <laughs> three, teach preschool. <laughs> I think four, that's, that's a solid one, Leanne. Yeah. Four, sail anywhere single-handedly. <laughs> or five, paint the Golden Gate Bridge. 
<laughs> Julie, I hope that sea slug is not one of the past appetizers at the rehearsal dinner. I, I well, I you know we want to keep a few surprises there, Leon. So, uh, so Leon, that's a pretty solid list for you, still, wouldn't you say? Still, still a good list for me. I still cannot perform surgery. I, I, my, I have no desire to eat a sea slug. Very wise not to take up teaching of preschool. Children. Preschool? No, I couldn't, couldn't do it. So it wasn't that fun to review, though. So go back. Satellite Sisters on Common Sense is the name of the book. You can find it at Amazon. But Julie, Liz, I bet you have a copy around. I know I have um, dozens. So I, I do. I'm, I'm looking at my bookshelf now. I have hardcover, paperback, the audio, the dreaded audio book that we did, <laughs> and I even have a copy of the version. It was also released in Australia with a different cover. And yeah, I have that one. So yeah, I have that well, one. There too. you have. Well, actually, Leanne, I'll let you know. I put together a fun pack for a friend of mine who is recovering in the hospital, and I gave her a copy of Satellite Sisters and a copy of Helen Pasadena together with the ribbon around it. That's Makes a, a fun bit, pack. Yeah, that's a fun pack. You know, when you just want some light, fun reading, I thought yes. those. You know, those are two good books. Hey, speaking of Helen of Pasadena, I see the iBook finally came out at iTunes, Leanne. Congratulations. Finally, yes. I, You know, it's that whole Apple thing. I know we're going to talk about Steve Jobs later. It is a mystery, though, the in, inner workings of anything I. Like, there's no there there. There's no one you can call and complain to. It just happens when they want it to happen. So it took forever to get it up. But if you've been holding out to read Helen of Pasadena until it's available for your iBook, it is there now. Uh, I I even went and downloaded it on my new phone for reasons I don't really understand. But I just wanted one sale to register. So one iBook has been sold. I know because I bought it. Um, But yes, Helen of Pasadena now available on iBooks. All right. Going back a second to this whole idea of things we wouldn't do for any amount of money. I got to say there's someone whose performance in this realm caught my eye on the news this week. And I just want to shout out. Uh, to Sarah Seidner is the CNN correspondent covering the war in Tripoli or covering a lot. She's been running with the rebels and it's just, she's doing an amazingly fantastic job. I don't know if you guys have noticed or if you watch CNN for your news coverage, but she's someone that was not on my radar at all, like six months ago. And I just think she is out there doing the job. I was very proud as a woman to watch Sarah Seidner doing her job out there. Yeah, Liz, I I agree. She's doing a great job. When you consider how chaotic it is with all the various, uh, you know, tribe tribal groups that are there, the rebels. I mean, how how she's even reporting? It's amazing. I was. Did you see the story? It just came out, I think, today that. You know, the, now that they that Tripoli has kind of been conquered by the rebels, they're going through various areas of Gaddafi's, you know, residences. And you yes, know, I saw Sarah Seidner in the underground tunnels last night. There are well, all those tunnels under there. Well, one of the remarkable stories that has come through is I don't know if you remember this, but in the 1980s there was there was a bombing at a, at the West Berlin nightclub and it killed two American servicemen. And in response to that, pre, the then President Reagan bombed Tripoli. And Gaddafi, since that time, has sworn that his six-month-old daughter Hannah was killed in this bombing that Reagan ordered. In fact, 
they used there is a shrine to baby Hannah Gaddafi in Tripoli. And whenever Gaddafi wanted to get, you know, get support against the West, he would always invoke the name of his dead baby daughter, six month old baby daughter. Well, lo and behold, as the troops and various special service people are going through Tripoli, they find this apartment in the complex of Gaddafi apartments, and it's they find paper, passport, identification papers for a Hannah Gaddafi, who is now a young woman, um, and she is a doctor in Tripoli. And also in her apartment, they found a complete set of Sex in the City videotapes that she apparently <laughs> likes. Her cellulite cream, which was a little embarrassing that that was in the news uh, story as well. But here all this time, the Gaddafi has said Hannah had was killed in the bombing. And she's you know, she is grown up. She was you know, trained as a doctor in Tripoli. She went that to is an, amazing. She went to an English language school that was sponsored by the British embassy. And, you know, and she's they haven't located her, but they've located all of, you know, all of her personal effects. So she's. Wow. Well, it's not totally surprising considering what a big liar he was about all right. kinds of things. But to think that you could hide your own daughter for all those years and that, I mean, obviously she went to medical school and a few things where the public would have seen her. Well, that's amazing. I had not seen that story, Julie. That's fascinating. Wouldn't that make a great movie? Yes, I know. The Hanukkah Gaddafi story. Well, perhaps it will come out on TLC or Lifetime Television. Who knows? (laughs) (laughs) Oh, oh yeah. So one other thing I wanted to mention in the news this week was uh, Steve Jobs stepping down as the uh, CEO of Apple. And I I just want to say thank you, Steve Jobs, for everything you have done. I, I mean, you've done a lot of things for people in general. But just for me, as I survey the scene here in the offices of uh, Mudbath Productions, my little home office, piece of it, the Satellite Sisters Technical Operations Center, um, I must have every product you have ever put out and at least two or three of the power cords that go with every product you ever put out. My sisters often make fun of my collection of power cords. And just just to see, like, how that's all played out over the years, I took out the bag yesterday and looked in to see how many of these would be Apple products and how many are, like, other PCs or – I mean, I owned a lot of, like, weird MP3 players before Apple even invented the iPod. I still have all of that kind of stuff hanging around here. but Just the, in case? I mean, there's... I don't know, Julie. I don't – now I feel like I can safely get rid of them because – I have everything works. The problem with all those old products is that they kind of worked and kind of didn't, but the newer ones weren't that much better, so you never got rid of the old ones because you might need them again. And But the thing that I love about all things Apple is they're simple, they're beautiful, and they work. And mm-hmm. for that, you have to thank Steve Jobs. What yes. an amazing person. Just yeah. amazing. Yeah. I know. I'm sorry that his health apparently is, you know, is not good and that he feels that he can't, you know, keep on his responsibilities as CEO of the company. And, you know, you just got to wish him well because he has made a tremendous contribution. And just with an unusual style of CEOing and things, I just, um, 
to remind myself, I went and I looked. You can look at it online. He famously gave the Stanford commencement address in June of 2005, and it's after they thought he had beaten the pancreatic cancer. And so he tells just three personal stories about himself, but the third one is he's talking about death. And... Uh, you know, and said when the, when he got the the pancreatic cancer diagnosis the first time, the doctors told him that he probably had no more than three months to live, and he should put his affairs in order. And he he starts to ruminate a little bit about what that uh, really means. But then the fact that he beat it that time, he says in this thing, remembering that you are going to die is the best way to avoid the trap of thinking you have something to lose. You are already naked. There is no reason not to follow your heart. Wow. That's, to say that, can you imagine if someone said that to you at your college commencement? There's no way you would have ever gone and gotten a real job. You know? Yeah, <laughs> I know. <laughs> you know what, Mom and Dad? I'm not going to go to law school. I'm just going to follow my heart. My you know those student loans? I'm just not going to think about them because they're not my heart. Yes. Anyway, it is it is sad to think that someone like that is so sick again. I saw him at a conference about a year ago, and I have to say, I think I remember saying to you guys, I was shocked at how bad he looked a year ago. Yeah. And I guess for people see him a lot. Yeah. He's just been getting, you know, skinnier and skinnier as this has all gone on anyway. So maybe they, they were not so shocked. But it's just terrible when someone like that gifted with such a, a unique gift, just not some other guy who knows how to really a visionary i mean you can i mean very few people deserve or uh that title but he certainly does yeah right right yeah it's like leon yesterday you were saying you feel the same way about jim henson dying young right yeah i thought it was just it still makes me sad that jim henson died as young as he did because i thought he was brilliant and and just brought something different to this world and still he died of that weird overwhelming virus in like 24 hours when he was i think he was only like 57 or 58 years old Right. And so it's sad, you know, that Steve Jobs will never really get to sort of enjoy the fruits of his labor. Yes, assuming that this is, you know, maybe by stepping back from running the company, maybe he will be able to to beat it again. He did it once. Maybe that's his thinking. You don't know. Uh, But he does seem like a man driven with so much passion for his company and the inventions of his company that it would take a pretty dark situation to have him step away. Anyway, thank you, you, man. I, uh, I look around, Steve. I see many reflections of you, and I am grateful. Yeah, go plug something in, Liz. There you go. Yeah. Well, just imagine half the people listening to this podcast are getting it from iTunes. Even iTunes right. alone is an amazing invention. Forget about all the hardware. Just iTunes. <laughs> iTunes is great. Anyway, so. It is. Uh, it's unbelievable. Yeah. All right. I know we have to wrap up here. Uh, speaking of, we, I think we're all on our max now as we, as we try to put together this podcast. But I just, here's my dilemma, guys. One last thing. I have to go to this potluck tonight. I mean, I want to go. It's a neighborhood potluck. I just don't want to bring a potluck. I mean, <laughs> I just You're tired. 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 Okay, Leanne. cooking. Okay, Leanne, you've been to potlucks. You know what bad people bring to ba- potlucks. You know, just bring that. You know, you know who I'm talking about. Bad potluckers, you know, that show up yeah. with like a bag of potato chips. Just <laughs> bring a loaf of bread, you know. That's all you need to do. Is Go that with- what you're thinking about those people like me, Julie, who show up like with the loaf of bread or a jar yes. of tapenade with the yes. loaf of bread thinking that's yes. good enough? Yes. <laughs> right. exactly. You're thinking we're bad? 
Bad potlockers. Absolutely. Yeah. I mean, you'd show up with that again, a jar and a loaf of bread. You don't display it on a plate. You don't have a knife for the top and odd. You know, you know, no. I mean, you're that's bad potlucking, Liz. You know, you're supposed to bring something hot and delicious. But Leon, you've you've brought many hot and delicious foods to me. I have. So so give yourself a break tonight. Okay. Just uh just I don't know, re-gift a bottle of wine. You know, yeah. you know what I, you you know what to do. I make, I just wanted permission. Last time I went to a neighborhood potluck, I killed myself grilling a beautiful vegetable platter. And we Sweet. get there and every single person has bought green salad. Uh, so yeah. I thought, you know what? Why did I I could have just brought a loaf of <laughs> bring a loaf of bread. <laughs> I'm gonna bring a loaf of bread. That's what I'm gonna bring. Paper plates. Bring, bring the napkins. Yeah, that's a good one. I'll yeah. bring the napkins. I'll bring the plastic forks. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> she says with disdain. <laughs> Thank well, you, Julie. It's I'm 102. Maybe a beverage is the right way to go. If it's 102, you might want to go with the sparkling pink lemonade. Something I might. Like that. I might just do that, Liz. You know what? What the heck? I just don't feel like cooking. I just I, I killed myself cooking all week. I feel like I've delivered on the food front all week long and uh take and a night off seven i don't feel like cooking so okay bad potluck dish okay i'll come up with one. <laughs> oh, i've got a million of them i can help you with that yeah. <laughs> oh liz maybe you have some mustards <laughs> hey people forget to bring condiments to potlucks. how about ice just bring ice land there you go uh, Leon, I know you have been working like a dog this week, too. You have a lot of work projects going on, but there are some very exciting things happening at Chaos Chronicles. So just yes. for people that don't go over there very often, remind us. Yeah, definitely go over there now. This is the time because I'm working with MakingLifeBetter.com. I'm the family expert, and they're doing a whole big, fun, back-to-school promotion. So there are prizes that you can win, and one of the prizes, sisters, is a $5,000 college scholarship. Wow. Yeah, you have to write an essay, and I know, we know at Satellite Sisters, you people write essays. You do the work to win those big prizes because you have written essays for us. And it's only something like 140 words or something. That's it's barely really, yeah, sure, that's It's barely, it's like a couple of lines. It might even be 140 characters, but that's more like a no, tweet. No, that's a tweet. No. That can, you okay. can't, I hope it's not that. It's super short, but you uh, are entered to win in this contest, and I am the judge. It's the do-it-all mom's essay contest, but anyone can enter. And then there are weekly prizes, too, if you don't feel like writing an essay. There's also videos. Liz, you checked out my video, right? What would you think? On, oh, uh, I, you look so adorable in it, first of all. You. Your hair <laughs> looks great. You're wearing this lavender top in the first J. Jill, one. J. Yeah. Jill. Yeah, really? J. Jill. That looked great. Yeah. And I, I enjoyed like the way that... The lavender top, you've got on the lavender top, and in the background, you have hydrangeas on your mantle. It's Leon's real living room, people. Yeah. So if you really want to see inside Leon's home, Leon's life, what it, how, her whole operation there, this is not some Hollywood set. It's her living room. No. So I enjoyed it. Good. So here's the best way to do this. Go to chaoschronicles.com, and there's an ad on the top of the homepage, that whole big bar there. It says makinglifebetter.com. Take a lesson from Leanne on handling the chaos of back to school. Just click on that, and you'll see the video link, and you'll see the essay contest rules and the daily polls you can take to win weekly prizes. So, And other than that, lots of podcasts going on over there, weekly blogs or daily blogs over at chaoschronicles.com. 
Thanks for asking, Liz. Okay, well, you know, there's just, again, it's all all kinds of interesting things happening online. Um, oh, and just another reminder, I know we said this last week's show, and it's posted at our website, SatelliteSisters.com. Because we are switching servers, if you get our show from iTunes, make sure you go back in and subscribe to the show that comes as Satellite Sisters, the comedy, as opposed to Satellite Sisters, classified under uh, kids and family because comedy is where we've put all of our new shows and all of our archives so there are more than 200 shows there if you just resubscribe to that so um, it should be simple again thanks to Steve Jobs this is all doable people and, and it's free Steve is doing this for you this week as well as approving Leon's book Helen of Pasadena for iBooks uh, Leon I like to think that was the last thing he did before he stepped down at the company uh, I believe that's true me too. Me right. too, Liz. Me too. Well, thanks, sisters. This was fun. And it was uh, great. Yeah. Sisters, and let's hope for the best for New York City. Yes. Okay. For the whole Eastern yes. Seaboard, take good care of yourselves in the storm. Uh, and don't forget, call your satellite sister. Mm-hmm.